What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Elevate Experience, the podcast about overcoming struggles and adversity and how that relates to addiction, recovery, and health. I am your host and the CEO of Elevate Addiction Services, Angie Manson. And I'm Dallas Terrell, co-host and life intervention counselor at Elevate. Thank you so much for joining us, and let's jump right in. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Today, we have Johnny Longinitis on the show, and this is a little blurb just from his website. Hey, I'm Johnny, and I've made it my life's mission to help guide people back into their breath and body, providing them tools to understand their anxiety, stress, and old traumas, to empower people to live fully and radically authentic. I'm not here to heal you. I'm here to show you you've always had the tools to do it yourself. And it starts with the most basic of human functions, the breath. That's on Johnny's website. Listen, so we got to talk to this guy, and he is about as authentic as they come. He's knowledgeable. He gives all the data behind why stress comes from the lack of breathing and CO2 tolerance. And there's so much in this episode that blew my mind, and we cannot wait to share it with you guys. So without further ado, we're hopping in. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we got a very special guest, Mr. Johnny Longinitis. That's the American way of saying it. I cannot say the Greek way very well, even though I wish I could. Johnny, welcome to the show, man. Glad to have you. Oh, man. <clears throat> so happy to be here. Thank you for having me, guys. Of course, man. How are you doing today? How is it over there in uh, Connecticut? You know, it's been, weather's been a little bit iffy in July. Yeah. Normally, we get got unabated sunshine all the time. It's been a little bit rainy, whatever, but honestly, um, compared to some of the other stuff going on in the country, we're... We're doing, uh, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. <laughs> it's not over a hundred. You're all right. It's not over a hundred. Yeah. Smoky and things like that. Uh, you know, um, yeah, I'm not complaining. It's all good. It's all awesome. good. Yeah. There we go. Well, Johnny, we definitely kind of wanted to tap into your story a little bit. You're, you're in Connecticut. You said you were Greek. You now are into breath work and coaching men and a lot of sports podcasts like tell me tell me about Johnny a little bit I want to I want to hear about that my friend yeah we definitely need to go back because you didn't start off doing this kind of stuff so there's definitely a story to get to how where you are today no yeah I wasn't born in an ashram I wasn't born you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know no I was not born in a yoga studio no there's been a definite evolution uh which I think the majority of us in America here, uh, if you're into these practices. Uh, yeah, I was born in, you know, I was born here in Southeastern Connecticut and I was born into, uh, you know, first generation Americans. My parents came here from Greece and, you know, obviously blue collar, hardworking restaurant, right? Of course. Uh, Greeks, it's just one of those things like we, 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 we know our food, we know how to cook and, you know, came over here and they figured out a way to capitalize on it. So, Thank uh, goodness. Father, yeah, yeah. We've uh, we fed a lot of people, kept a lot of people happy over the years. <laughs> so that's, you know, I got born into that industry. I got born into that industry. So 10 years old, you know, my parents bringing me into the restaurant, dishwashing, and, you know, crying the whole way there because, uh, you know, they're out of their minds bringing a 10-year-old, 11-year-old to work. But... Uh, you know, little did I know that they were instilling some values in there that you know, hard work doesn't scare me today. You know, it's, um, you know, the restaurant will teach you a lot. will teach you a lot. 
So, yeah, you know, athletics, young, I, I would say probably more than your typical upbringing in a, in a sense that, I mean, it was a beautiful upbringing, you know, family values and this, that, the third. And, you know, to kind of make a long story short, you know, I was always playing sports, um, well-liked kid, you know, uh, had no issues in high school, but I started to hit a bumpy road, I, I would say, you know, around my late teens, um, where my father got sick. My father got sick around, uh, I was 17 years old. <clears throat> and, you know, at that time, um, working towards making, you know, having a baseball scholarship, this, that, the third, but I was really just sweeping a lot of my emotions under the rug and I was masking it with, I mean, typical teenager at that time. I'm 41 years old now. So, you know, we're talking late 90s, drinking, smoking weed, things like that. And, uh, you know, what ended up happening with me actually was senior year of high school during the baseball season, I'm working towards a scholarship. Um, I'm putting everything I have into uh, not only being, a, I wanted to be a professional baseball player, but at the same time, I, uh, you know, I'm taking care of the, the family restaurant. So we have, you know, we have a family restaurant, which we still do today. Nice. But my father was sick. So I'm 17 years old and I'm helping out my brother and sister, you know, on the weekends. Whereas most of the kids are going off partying or whatever. But I got caught, I got caught smoking weed, actually, in the middle of the baseball season. And I got kicked off my baseball team. And that was like pivotal moment, really mm -hmm. big turning point for me. Not that I all of a sudden found salvation after that. <laughs> uh, I can't, I won't say that not as a 17 year old or 18 year old. Um, but, um, I can go back to that, you know, that time right there and the things really started to shift the growth, the, the, the pain that I went through really, um, I had to grow up pretty quick and, you know, my father ended up passing away at 19. I'm away at college. So I'm coming home, taking care of the restaurant, I'm trying to like, you know, live a norm trying to be normal and trying to be normal essentially just meant just sweep it under the rug right 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 sweep it under the rug you know um pop an ecstasy pill and have fun on the week you know during the week and uh go home on the weekends and just keep it going um and honestly that was going on it felt like that was all going pretty well for quite some <laughs> it time it was working yeah <laughs> it was working you know <laughs> Yeah, that was working until until it until it wasn't. Until right, it right, right. That's usually how that story ends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it worked for a while and uh, it stopped. It worked for a while, yeah. Then it stopped. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I guess I kind of I'm I'm going right into this. Huh? I'm going. We're going right into it. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So I mean, at the time, I was also I was competing in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu at the time. This is a late. 2000s and what really started to get me into the yoga practice i was competing in jiu-jitsu i was doing crossfit i was going out partying i was doing it all and my body started falling apart right the neck the back like, oh my god and it was a good friend of mine that was just you know telling me he's poor he's like go try yoga go try yoga 
he was a guy, a guy as well, and he was instructing, he was teaching. He's like, you got to do it, man. It's going to change so much of your life. Your body's going to feel better. He knew, like, the body would get me in the door. And so reluctantly, I went. And uh, I went to my first hot yoga class, and it was his Black Diamond 90-minute class. And I walked in there with sweatpants on, long sleeve oh, shirt. Oh, man. Sounds miserable. Did you leave with those? Yeah. And I, I suffered. I suffered through the whole class. <laughs> and as I suffered, I heard everybody else in the class just breathing calm. I was like, what? What is going on here? I'm like, <sighs> just <laughs> panting, right? Like a dog in, you know, a dog in heat. <clears throat> and I knew I was like, okay, there's something going on here um, that was beyond the physical. I knew right away. Wow. And I just kept, I just kept going back just a little by, I was only going like a day a week. And what I started to find, it was really in my jujitsu practice. I was noticing it was within a few months, I was hanging with like the brown belts and the black belts all of a sudden. And they looked at me. I remember one in particular, he just looks at me and goes, what have you been doing? <laughs> um, and I was, uh, what do you mean? I hadn't been training anymore. He goes, you got really good fast. What the hell just happened? Yeah. And I it clicked then. I was like, holy shit. I was like, it's, it's the yoga. It was the breathing. It was all that. Cause I was, I was learning how to stay comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. It was, it was essentially what was going on. And the breath yeah. was my tool to do that. And uh, that's what really started to lead me into diving deeper into these practices. Wow. Yeah. And how long do you think that that time period was of like randomly or not randomly, but doing yoga once a week to the point where, you know, how many how many months or weeks later when you're in jujitsu and this dude's like, hey, what the hell have you been doing? Yeah. How long was that? I would say it was it was probably about three months, wow. somewhere between like three to you know three to six max. Yeah, yeah. It, it really wasn't, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not a lot of time, like on the yoga mat, but enough was clicking. There was enough going on, and I I was taking that home too. At home, I was also just like noticing my breathing, and it was there. I was breathing like shit. Was, uh, that was, that's what was really going on. I was, it was awful. It was, and I never knew that mm -hmm. because I was hiding that. That was my mechanism to hide all of it was to hold my breath. Right. I never knew that. Nobody was there to tell me that. Um, the Greek way is honestly, what I honestly learned was to sweep things under the rug. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't to show your emotions. Be a man, not... You know, um, and even as a family, like you didn't show things were bad. You just kept all that, you know, that's the old school way. So that's what I learned, you know, and I real, I slowly realized like that's um, to live a happy, fulfilled life. That's the complete opposite way. That's not the way. Of course. So, yeah. It sounds yeah. like that, you know, doesn't that we start to learn that doesn't serve us very well to just sweep it, forget about it hold our breath, 
And it's also a strange realization when you realize that not, I mean, I have, I've had this realization too, but that moment you realize that you suck at breathing, but you've been doing it your whole life. That's a weird yeah. one. It's a weird one. Yeah. It it's is a, a weird, weird one. one. I went to physical therapy once and this guy, the first five minutes of me being there, he's like, dude, you, you walk wrong. I was like, what? So I breathe, yeah. I breathe wrong and I walk wrong. The things I've been doing the longest, you know? So that was cool. That was my 20s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, a tough, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's yeah. A tough pill. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but if you can get over that hump, that ego, right? If you can kind of allow that to uh, take a back seat on the other side, it's literally, right? Yeah, sky's the limit. It really is. Yeah. Did finding the breathing and getting better at jujitsu was it a natural course of action to to quit doing all the partying that was sort of holding you back? Was that just a natural progression, or was there a decision or something that changed there? Nope, that still didn't do it for me. <clears throat> I needed to get hurt mm. physically, and that's what that's what really ended up happening. I couldn't do jujitsu anymore. I, I was getting my neck was hurting so bad that I was like, I can't, I'm yeah. going, I'm pra I'm training one week, I'm off two, I'm training two weeks, I'm off three. It was like, so I had this period of time. I was literally, as soon as I got done with jujitsu, my buddy's like, hey, there's teacher training coming up. I was like, hmm. And it was just, that was really the beginning of me. I, I, I consider myself always intuitive like i always was delving into some practices i was practicing meditations and things like that when i was in my late teens and stuff but i didn't know what i was doing right right but anyway there was something telling me like this is too aligned this is too perfect it was weird right it was like i'm a restaurant bar owner i'm i'm the kind of the i'm a party guy i'm you know the bachelor i'm I'm not a yoga instructor. Like, I'm like, ah. so I told him, I was like, I'll go do teacher training, but I'm not going to be a teacher. Yeah. Very firm with that. And I'm not going <laughs> to tell anybody. Yeah. And I am not going to tell anybody, and you better not either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the yoga stigma out there in Connecticut is deep. <laughs> It, it it definitely was. It definitely was. It's still, uh, you know, I like to think the Northeast oftentimes can be maybe not the last to adopt uh, newer, new agey, uh, you know, <laughs> principles or whatever. But you know, we're not a, we're not the we're not setting trends. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, we, you guys aren't the quickest. Yeah, yeah. So that's what really <clears throat> that was the and it, it took that. It took that, I was, um, at that time I was 34, 33, and mm -hmm. I dove into teacher training. And essentially what ends up happening is you start to learn these things and you're like, oh my God, uh, people need to people need to know this. Yeah. People, like, wait a minute, I'm doing everybody a disservice if I don't share this, is what ended up happening. You end up wanting to share it. Mm. Um, and that's what and I was right away. As soon as I was done, I was teaching right away. Mm. And, um, you know, it went right into it. It's like, boom, let's go five to 10 classes a week, whatever it was, as I was still running the restaurant. But I was like, 
you know and you just find dive. yourself wanting to be in the yoga studio teaching yoga far more than being in the restaurant it's yeah like- that was that was happening yeah there was started to become this kind of shift that i wasn't i wasn't as aligned with the drinking and the you know maybe even some of my older friends and uh, you know it was it was difficult because i did have like i'm a sports guy like that's still part that's still part of me i had a really hard time with um uh, not being all of it right right and I, i i somewhere in my head it was like it needed to be segmented because it didn't make sense there was no other really um there was no other other uh blueprint or anybody else that was all of that you were either if you're a yogi this is what it is to be a yogi right and right and if you're sports this guy this is what you're supposed to be so it's still it took me a few years where it was finally i just accepted all of it and i really just started embodying all of it i'm like i don't know i'm all of it and i'm gonna walk the walk and talk the talk I'm i'm gonna be all of it and whoever accepts me and that's how I know I'm going to find the people that I'm going to be aligned with and the people that don't, then I know that you're, you're just not part of my tribe. That's all good. You know? Yeah. I like that. I like, yeah, there's not a, a glaring example of being a yogi and a bar owner and a sports guy, but it's, it's pretty cool to think that that's totally okay and possible and there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, what I'm finding is that people, you know, they can relate to it. Um, mm-hmm. It's real. It's real, man. It's like, yeah, other stories of the Buddha and this, that, the third. Is it something to aspire to? A hundred percent. But, you know, like, you know, you weren't, or you weren't born in a manger, and you weren't born from, uh, from what I've seen. I haven't seen anybody born from a virgin, and you know, and and, and put here. Um, you know, if you think you are walking, uh, the walking next second coming of Christ, you know, Christ or whatever it is, like, uh, you know, God, you know, show me some evidence or whatever. But otherwise, what I see is everybody is a human being. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, what principles are you following and embodying that you're just trying to be the best human being, the best version of yourself that you can, man. And uh, there's a lot of failure and, and messy things along the way. And that's all good. It's all good. It's what we learn from all that adversity. If it was smooth sailing, we, we wouldn't learn anything or appreciate anything, I don't think. Yeah. 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 So yeah. let's talk about the benefits of breathing. So you, when you and I had previously discussed, there's like a lot of things that can be overcome or uh, skills that can be gained. Let, let's talk about that because I, I find that truly fascinating. And I know we do that uh, in our program. You know, if people don't want to do CrossFit, we do the breathing yoga. But I really want you to sort of delve into the benefits of doing that and how it can really benefit anybody. Yeah. Uh... You know, I, I always say that breathing uh, within within the yoga practice or even without it, I, to me, it's the alpha and the omega. Um, it really is. Uh, it's it's going to become a, a measurement of baseline health to understand where where you are, just uh, not only physically in your you know your physical health. Um, but also, also your emotional and your emotional body and your emotional health and how your ability to handle stress, it's 
all shown, it's revealed from your breathing. Um, so we can look at our breath as either like a, a measuring stick, as a barometer in a sense. So we can get a good idea of how you are feeling, right? Or how, what your ability to handle stress is by the, by the way that you breathe. And you can also look at it as a, as a, as a tool, as a gateway to also, to also uh, shift that. To also change your, your state, to shift your state by shifting your breathing as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's incredibly powerful. And, you know, just like Dallas said, it's like, you know, when uh, somebody tells you you're breathing improperly, you know, I, I I don't like to tell anybody they're breathing wrong, but um, you know, you're not breathing as efficient as you could be. A lot of people are just like, you know, don't tell me that. I benched 325. Yeah. You know, yeah. they got I just, evidence that supports they've been breathing just fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or I just ran 10 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, or whatever it is, and that's really the you know that's a big target too is people that i see there is that what most people have learned to do is just learn how to mask uh and power through just dysfunctional breathing um would you but, consider breathing the same as meditation can you do one without the other do they need each other i would say that breathing would be your strongest most powerful gateway to a deep meditative state. So oftentimes I like to say I use the breath as the back door to get to meditation. Mm -hmm. So I won't coach people in meditation because a lot of people that can turn people off, especially guys like the Alice might, right? Um, they might be like, yeah, meditate. I was like, I'm not, I can't sit still. I can't turn my mind off. It's like, okay, I got you. Well, let's just do this breathing exercise. Let's see if it's challenge them to do. It's like, can you breathe four seconds in, four seconds out? Put some music on and just follow your breath and guide them through that. And essentially what they've done in, the act, in those five minutes is you've cultivated the tool to get you into meditation without knowing it. Mm. You've sat still and most times I'll do that five minutes, they'll go 10 minutes. Now you've just sat still for 10 minutes and you were focusing on one thing, right? You're as best you could, uh, you're focusing on one point, your breath. That's the definition of meditation. So it's how you, it's, it's what I found is just that it's that it's the perfect gate was the perfect delivery system to get into meditation. There's no doubt. Yeah, I know it's also an amazing tool for just getting into the present. You know, that's like the that's the trigger you hear is like yeah. when you get lost, find your breath. When you wander your mind off, find your breath. Like that is like the anchor to being in the present is really discovering the breath or or reminding yourself and being being aware of the breath. Yeah, it's our it's our connection to our body, right? Yeah. It's our connection to our it's our connection to presence and our and our connection to our body. Um, so there's a reason why it was, um, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, the eight limbs of yoga let's just say, right. It's the fourth limb. It's like, um, it's the, it's the last physical limb in the, um, by the first, wait, what am I saying? Yeah, no, it's the last physical, right. Before you start getting into the, like a lot of the mental chatter, because without 
uh, or mental stillness. Um, Because without that, without getting into your breath and controlling, pranayama is that. Pranayama being like the restraint of or the control of your breath mm-hmm. or control of life force energy, right? Um, and so they knew like that's li- this is how you control your life force energy is by controlling your breathing. Yeah. And we're just starting to find that out now. It seems to be, right? It's really starting to get revealed in the Western society, Western culture. Yeah. Um, and that's really my mission now is I, I've found that through the breath i've been able to let so many things go um i've been able to find out more about myself i've provided myself these tools to get back to stasis you don't have to be a yogi sitting in meditation all day long but let me provide you some tools so you know how to get back there because we all redline at times right yeah and you can't always have a barbell around and throw weights around or whatever it is but you always always have your breath true so it's a great point yeah that's a great point it's a coping skill or a strategy or a tool that is always with you and i I think the the crazy part for me too is i notice that when my breathing is shallow or erratic is it's when i'm stuck in my head it's when i'm creating something to be anxious about or worried about and it's so it's almost like when I'm not breathing, it alerts me that something's wrong and to start breathing better. And it, like you said, it's if, if you can be aware of that, it's always this tool that you have. And it's a, it's kind of a quick fix once you once you realize that. You can yeah. continue to just breathe, dude, and, and be okay. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I like to use a term. It's like, um, you know, your heart rate monitors and your Apple Watches, they're late to the party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They're late to the party. Your breath will tell you way before that. Yep. It It'll seems like it's, it's an amazing tool for someone who might be experiencing anxiety because it seems like with anxiety, there's that shortness of breath and I'm having a heart attack and things are going on. And if they could learn this tool, if they feel start feeling that way, they can get themselves through that and remind themselves to breathe and, and get to the other side more easily. No doubt. Yeah. It's like for some people, you know, I might not ever get them to be, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, I won't even get, we might not have time to dive into CO2 tolerance, but they might not be free divers holding their breath for five minutes underwater. But, and can I get you, or can I provide you tools that can get you from an eight when you're heightened to a point and you're at an eight and you can get yourself down to a six or, you know, maybe that might be just enough where it's not snowballing out of control into a panic attack. And that six is enough for you to be, all right, now I got my feet on the ground. Okay, good, boom. I'm not allowing my mind, you know, my mind to control. I'm back into my heart and into my body. So it's just enough. Like that to me, like that's the biggest win you could ever have right there. I just, because who knows what could have happened. You get to the nine, you start seeing red and you're in total sympathetic state. That's when all bets are off. Yeah, True. Yep. It's hard to reel mm-hmm. in. It's hard to reel that in if you let it get too far. No so you're doubt. actually doing a lot for somebody by teaching them how to just rein it in even to where it's just manageable. And no they doubt. have it wherever they're at. You know, uh, we, you and I had also discussed like 
people with asthma, you know, their first instinct is to grab that inhaler, like, ah, you know, they feel the panic and they want to, you know, get that steroid. And I think a lot of it's as much mental as it is physical needing of it. But, uh, you know, and I know you've seen and almost cured people with asthma without them needing that device or that steroid anymore with the breath work. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's just kind of sad to see, um, I've worked with a few asthmatics that are almost completely off of their inhalers. And I really didn't do that much. It wasn't like groundbreaking work I was doing. I, you know, I saw one lady and it was, we started, we worked for about six weeks. And I said, has any of your pul pulmonologists or any of your doctors told you that, you know, that you're a mouth breather? Um, and she was breathing paradoxically as well, where like her, um, her stomach would go in on the inhale and right and it would go out on the exhale paradoxically is that bad and essentially she was, she was just all sympathetic mm. two first things i teach people and this is if any if, you, if your listeners are going to get anything is just understand that breathing into your chest i don't care who you are you're just this is where you're human so you have an abundance of chemoreceptors up here that trigger sympathetic so what's going on in our society right now is that we are just being inundated and hammered with sympathetic information that keeps us heightened, sympathetic, boom. All the, look at all the, the, go on Netflix, man, and everything on there is like, for the most part, it's like, it's like exciting, right? Like, boom, this, that, third. So people are just unconsciously breathing shallowly, which is perpetuating a sympathetic state. So unknowingly, you're just taxing your adrenal system and you're staying sympathetic by breathing up here. But in your lower lobes of your lungs, you have chemoreceptors down there that trigger that signal of parasympathetic tone. So the simple act of creating that mind-body connection, what you'll find is a lot of people just are just so tight. There's like they get stuck when they try to deliver breath deeper. And it's just a matter of being patient. It's a matter of practicing. It's a matter of giving yourself permission. Like sometimes you have to have that conversation with your subconscious and literally mm -hmm. give yourself permission that you're safe, you know? So you can physical, like physical, our physical body holds our emotions, I'm sure as you guys know, right? Like there's, we've created these certain types of, um, you know, uh, whether it's tightness or whatever it is, it's, you know, we've had, an experience that remembers that in our body. So anyways, over time, little by little, yeah, I am safe. Just delivering breath into your lower lobes. It's like, wait a minute, you know, okay. And now instead of 80% of your day in a sympathetic, you're 50%, 40%. When you're in the parasympathetic state, this is, this, that's when you can learn. That's when you're not tunnel vision. It's the majority of our day needs to be in more balance and parasympathetic for the most part. Wow, that's a uh, that's super interesting. I don't think I've ever heard it languaged that way, but I think I I can see I could see that just being so true. You know, whether it's with clients I work or with or myself or just day to day stuff. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Is there like a strategy that you use to help get on like a parasympathetic breathing pattern that's like 
simple for most people. How do you get people going towards that direction besides just kind of like, hey, let's be aware that we're doing that? Yeah, so everybody's different. It really is case by case. But um, one, you know, so I'll have, so if somebody comes in, so oftentimes physically, it's like, let's get some stuck energy out first. Right, right, right. Uh, And that doesn't have to be like, you know, you know, 60 minute hit class but i mean i might just literally be like let's just stand up and bounce yeah yeah i have a lot of i have a lot of my clients do i'll do that for like a couple minutes a it's kind of fun and weird so it gets it breaks the ice <laughs> just have yeah, bounce for three minutes doing, i don't know i don't know i'd be like all about that <laughs> yeah, might be like all right this isn't the guy for me he's trying yeah. Yeah. That's a little weird she'll be breathing through her chest yeah. her te- chest will be tight as she's avoiding bouncing yeah, with you she might get exactly. more yeah <laughs> maybe a little different for girls <laughs> yeah right to be fair yeah 100% you again Know your audience. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll bounce with you, Johnny. Yeah. Thanks, bro. <laughs> but you know, to give you an example, you know, or it might just be like, you know, we'll do some cat cows and you know a little bit some yoga poses. I'll implement in just to um, get the body unstuck. Yeah. Stuck energy. And then from there, oftentimes is where I'll start: is one hand on your chest, one on your you know, your diaphragm and just apply a little bit of pressure. So you got some biofeedback and just notice, right? So two aspects of breath work, breath awareness and conscious breathing, right? So this gets missed a lot because everybody just wants to dive in. They want to go, let's get feeling, man. Let's get a transformational breath work. Let's get in there, right? They want to whim hoff it. We want to hoff it, man. Yeah. We want to hoff it. And that's all good. I love, I love Wim. Um, I, you know, really good friends with one of his head instructors and we're starting to actually do some courses together ourselves. Oh, nice. Uh, not with Wim himself. I, I'm hoping to uh, connect with him soon, but, um, uh, and, and his methodology, I would say very similar to CrossFit. Um, where it brought so much awareness and attention to the breath as CrossFit brought so much awareness and attention to um, to physical activity and community as well. Uh, uh, was it Greg Glassman? Uh, just yeah, did yeah, an yeah. amazing job of doing that. His model was just spot on. Yeah. He nailed um, it. He nailed it. But, and um, there are other aspects to it that gets missed and it's like, Become aware of your breath first. Notice it. Create a relationship to it. Um, pay attention to it. It's providing you information, like we said earlier. Right? Sometimes you just need to be aware of it. So the breath is breathing you. Mm-hmm. And then conscious breathing. You are controlling the breath. Now you're doing the breathing. And that dance between the two is where you start where you want to be playing around the majority of your day is being aware and consciously breathing right so um 
where am I going with that? But well, I, I know I listened to, I was having a, a day and uh, you put a free um, breathing meditation on Instagram and I just listened to it and uh, it was just a really nice, I think, you know, it was the counting a four in and hold it for four and four out or something like that. But it was exactly what I needed just to sort of snap me out of whatever, you know, was going on and pay attention to my breath and get relaxed and, and get to a nice place. And for me, I, I prefer a guided type of breathing and meditation as opposed to, you know, just like CrossFit. I like to be told, you know, here's what you're doing and, and I know the end result. So I actually prefer someone guiding me through this kind of uh, exercises than being left to my own devices. I find it really helpful for me. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I appreciate that very much. Um, and I agree with you because, you know, if you have to think about it, <laughs> Then it's like, is it kind of defeating? Then I'm thinking again. It's like, is it defeating? It's like, just <laughs> right. That's right. true. Right. How does yeah. it help athletes? I know you work with a lot of athletes, even some football stars, different things like that. How how does it assist them in their crafts? Mm. So on a few different uh, a few different levels, you can look at it as. A, just like we said, it can it can get them to garner their harness their harness their emotions, right? Because we all know that uh, you know harnessing your emotions in such a you know stressful environment. Let's just say you're in the fourth quarter of an you know, NFL game, and you know uh, it's pretty easy to get wrapped up in and let your head get lost in there. So mm. if we can start to create a practice that brings you know just like we said come back to your breath and notice that now you know i just know i just forget about everything else but let me just practice here just notice let me go nose breathing breathe in for three and breathe out for let's say five stretch out your exhale and that is a signal to trigger parasympathetic just to get you down from that eight to a six so there right there it's like boom right i got a tool that maybe 90 percent of these guys aren't using and two is CO2 tolerance. So you can skyrocket your aerobic capacity by uh, adapting to your tolerance level to CO2. What triggers, what signals you your breathing rate has very little to do with a lack of oxygen. Very little to do with it. I would have to have you hold your breath for a minute or whatever, however long, or have you go into a high elevation for your blood oxygen saturation to go to a point where that is the reason why you take another breath. Right. The that reason sense. that you're breathing the way that you're breathing has everything to do with your tolerance level to CO2. So depending on how intolerant or tolerant you are, because you need to offload that. That feeling you have of like breathlessness, like, oh my God, I need to breathe, is a buildup of CO2. It's not a lack of oxygen. Mm. So totally opposite of what you would think it is. It's the paradox. We call it the oxygen paradox. And that's where most people, that, that one gets a lot of people. Ooh, that's a good, I didn't know that. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Wow, it's interesting. Yeah, so the cool the cool thing about it is, and this is how this is what freedivers do. It's like how the hell do they hold their breath? They're doing breathing exercises to build a tolerance level to CO two 
Gotcha. So they can just tolerate that because I got enough air in my blood, actually. I have enough oxygen in my blood, but I literally have to put myself through some stress. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I can adapt to it and, um, and then with, you know, withhold and then whatever, you know, right? And for wow. aerobic capacity, yeah, it's, it's powerful, powerful stuff. This one's going to, this is really like the game changer. Um, that you're going to see with a lot of athletes is working on this. There's no that doubt. That is, yeah, that is that's definitely mind blowing. I, I mean, dude, I've worked out forever and sports and this and that and study and learning and mindfulness and breathing and that's never yeah. that's never crossed my book. And uh, I guess my question is, and I hope it's not too obvious, but how do you practice becoming more comfortable? with the CO2 tolerance? Like, what does that look like? Just putting yourself under duress? Yeah, right? So it's not putting yourself to a point where it's like, I'm not gonna be, it's like, all right, I know, let's just say, uh, you know, you have a measurement, right? We have a few tests that you run and your tolerance level is not very good. Mm -hmm. right? And that could be, trust me when I tell you, um, I just was talking with an NFL player and we're hoping to work together soon. And clearly like his tolerance level of CO2 is not good. Like but below average? I would probably say below average. Gotcha. Yes. Yep. <clears throat> he has just, he's so, his will is so strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he can just power through anything, any pain and whatever it is, but it's coming at a cost. Mm -hmm. It's taxing his body. He doesn't need to expend this much energy to do that. So it's like, what if, bro, it's like, what if we could work on this for two months in the off season where you got, you got yourself uncomfortable here, but you shifted everything around. So then come game time, you're cruising mm. through the fourth quarter, whatever it is, you wow. know, that can be done. So to answer your question of how you start very slow just like you wouldn't start anybody that just started walked into the gym you right. would pop, pop two plates on a on a on a bar and have them bench 225 <laughs> right you know <laughs> good point um, yeah yeah it's very similar right so you just start very very slow and little by little the body adapts it's a beautiful beautiful color. thing I would assume, and, and that for me, this is what, what keeps going through my head is because it's the time of year watching the Olympics. Like, I feel like those swimmers, Michael Phelps, you know, Ledecky, all these people, they have to have become masters over their breathing for that particular sport because of the going underwater and catching your breath and the endurance. And it seems like for them, that that's what you're talking about. They've learned to be in control of that. Yeah, there's no doubt uh, whether or not they're specific. I'm sure they have. Uh, they do probably some specific exercises so they can keep their head underwater. That's essentially breathing exercises uh, that they're doing. Uh, or, or whether or not it's just inherently just kind of have like a byproduct of, you know, the the sport. Right. But yeah, I would say that a lot of those guys are probably just inherently really, probably really good breathers. Uh, although you can't breathe out of your nose while you're swimming, and that's a kind of a whole other thing. Like, um, but during sport, that's that's fine. You know, uh, they need to do whatever they need to do. But yeah, the and I'm sure their t their CO2 tolerance becomes really great uh, because of that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd actually be curious. I haven't really worked with like any high level swimmers yet, but you know, if Michael Phelps is watching listening yeah <laughs> hit me up in the dms michael yeah, yeah. if he's watching we're doing good <laughs> i don't yeah, think he's watching bro yeah, yeah. So, so you and i had talked like a part of what you do to look at helping somebody as you watch their breathing um just simply you just watch them breathe tell us about that how, how does that work for you or what is that like yeah, well, I try not to make it too weird, you know what I mean? And just like, because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, on the surface, that sounds pretty weird. So that's why we just have, there's tests, there's measurements that you can do. Um, there's two tests that I use that are essentially, um, there's CO2 tolerance tests. And anybody can do them. Um, one is, uh, that's kind of derived from the free diving community is an extended exhale. So it's literally just measuring the amount of time that you can exhale one breath. So you'll want to start with like rain in your breath, take about five normal breaths, call it three seconds in, three out, four and four out, whatever it is, it's like, okay. And then you take that breath in and then time your exhale. Go as long as you can until you're completely empty or you start or you swallow and you stop breathing. Uh, time that. That's one measurement. Anything below 30 seconds is is not below average. And um, yeah, yeah, I know Dallas, I hear you, bro. Yeah, it's <laughs> almost anybody is gonna probably be there unless they're swimmers or they're practicing and it's all good because it doesn't take long, believe it or not, with, with practice to kind of get you over that 40, 50. And then ideally you get over that 60 seconds and that's when you have a really good control of uh of your tolerance of co2 which side note i just want to make sure like very closely related to an ability to handle stress your ability to tolerate co2 has a very strong correlation with your ability to handle stress mm. i bet mm. and so i definitely agree with that why is that true could you explain why that's so true sure so if you, I mean, A, if you're on a few different levels. So you, we have a, we literally have a watcher in our, in our medulla oblongata, which is the breathing center, right? Like the, the lizard brain in our, in our, in our brain, the lizard, the center. And it's literally looking for your exhale. And it's, it's checking out. If your exhale is extended, it's like, oh, we're calm here. Everything's good. Like if you're able to just breathe, then it's just like, it knows like, all right, everything is good. But if your exhale is short there, it's like, it's checking out and it's like, wait a minute, that exhale was short for like three breaths here. We need to be vigilant. So it kicks you up into sympathetic, right? Cause sympathetic is good for short spurts. Get our, get our asses out of danger. That's why we, you know, that's why we're designed this way. So in that sense, right, it's hardwired. Mm -hmm. It's hardwired. It's hardwired system. to like, to be like, it's, it's like an, uh, a heightened alert system. That's just hardwired into us. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's hardwired, man. Let's not fight, uh, <laughs> fight nature. Yeah. You can't mm -hmm. beat that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's genetics. Yeah. Nah. 
Yeah, and it's oftentimes like CO2 is considered, like we call it the stress molecule in a lot of ways, because if I were to, uh, you know, like I said, if you would just hold your breath for 30 seconds, you guys want to play around with that, go ahead and hold it. And you start to feel what starts to come up when you start needing breath. Like your mind starts, right? Get me out of here, what the fuck, right? Yeah, you start, you start zooming. Like, <laughs> yeah, you start going nuts. Um, so it literally just correlates to stress, stress, stress. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Hopefully that. That yeah, no, that definitely answers the question. And and what what's helpful for me is I think like the the science or the data or the the information is extremely helpful because if you don't know that, you'll create a different answer. And, and whatever you come up with, I'm sure is is less helpful than like. Hey, I'm just not exhaling. My body thinks something's wrong. Let's remind it that nothing is. And then that's all good. That seems like simple and doable and and manageable. But I would I would, you know, imagine the vast majority of people don't know that or don't have that information or don't have someone like you saying, "Hey, dude, this is totally normal. Like let's just let's just get back on track. Everything's fine. Let's start breathing." Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's really good to have a reference point. And uh, also I think for Western society, especially, and uh, you know, like, and when I say Western, I'm Western society, right? Um, it's data does help, right? Yeah. It's like giving people the why and giving people it. So it's not so esoteric. It's like, oh, well, this is because this is what they said 4,000 years ago and that worked for them. People don't really like magic that much. No, they, they don't. They, they hate magic. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they're they not going to buy into just magic. So you got to give me a little bit more. So it's like, well, all right. So here's here's the data, man. Like here's the numbers. And it gives people something solid to be like, oh, now that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Perfect. So you run um, a an online men's group. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, I do. Tell us about yes, I that. that. I think that's an amazing resource that some of our listeners might want to join or be a part of. Yeah, I'd love that. I'd love that. I appreciate that. So I just restarted it back up two weeks ago. It was something I started over uh, over the pandemic. Um, it was really actually, it was kind of the launching pad for my business was I just knew that I can speak to guys, I could speak to men and um I wanted to teach them yoga and principles of yoga, but I wanted to do it in a way that I knew would be digestible. So uh, that's what I did. And I started a you know, yoga for men group that started to kind of take off just locally. I was like, you know, I really wanted to learn my business slowly. And, um, you know, I started to have like, it was about 20 up to like 30 members or whatever we got. And then I pulled back because uh, there was a lot of other things that I wanted to do. I wanted to make sure I was building my business right. But anyhow, so now I've re-kicked it back up. So I got a lot of the older members that they're, they're back in where it's, um, you know, it's a Facebook group that I run and it's, you know, we, I do a one yoga class a week. So they know they got that it's recorded. They can check it out whenever they want. Um, but along with that, it's creating more, it's creating community too. So it's, I keep it very interactive. There'll be, um, you know, meditation sessions in there. Um, 
there'll be pop-up breathwork sessions and a lot of conversation where you know guys can open up man and talk about some things that they would just you know it's not just bar talk uh, you know we can talk about some other things and so it's it's going to continue to evolve where I'm bringing in other speakers and other people that, uh, you know, that can add in so many other different avenues and different things that can just help men to open up and, you know, discover and use these modalities that have been so stigmatized for years. And that's just, that's gotta go. Yeah, that's gotta go. So yeah, so it's slowly kind of uh, starting back up, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna actually be starting another a mastermind group to really accelerate the teachings of of my course, um, the Yoga for Men course. That's also gonna that's also another a program that I'll have if people just want to learn. Men just want to learn yoga on their own. I have a course that will be up by next week. Um, they can just learn that, and once they learn that, boom, come into the group, be part of the community, and. Yeah, I'm hoping to see that really flourish and take off. So. And so where can where could people find that? Yeah, so as of right now, it's actually funny. I'm actually, time is it? In about an hour, I'm meeting with my web designer to finally put my website live that I've just been kind of. Nice. Congrats, yeah. man. That's huge. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you. Because as of right now, honestly, Instagram and my so and social media is just such a monster. You can really do so much work and one-stop shop. Seriously. Um, so as of right now, you know, follow me on Instagram, Johnny Longinitis. Uh, you know, and you'll see, there'll be plenty of links there. My um, my website's pranayamact.com, and uh, that link will be up on my on my instagram and you'll be able to see all of my courses everything from my breathwork 101 course another recorded course if you want to just take that on your own um yoga for men and obviously if you want to work on a more personal level one-on-one -on -one, i still i take clients one-on-one -on -one that want to take that deep personal dive into any of these modalities or if they want to go deeper and like you want to go personal development let's let's yeah. go all we i love that, that. I love that. I think the 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 thing that's been coming up for me this whole episode, which is cool, is one time at Elevate we had this client that was extremely into yoga. Like the the one hour of yoga that we offered a day was like not enough for him, and he was reading the yoga books and he, he like knew too much about it that the idea of doing yoga at Elevate was like a turnoff to him. He was like, "Dude, I'm so into yoga that like." I don't even want to do it with you guys, you know, like type of thing. Yeah. And he was telling me, however, that like the physical yoga, like doing the yoga classes is like five to 10% of like what yoga actually is. Yeah. I've never known if that's true or not true, but today it feels like it is from talking to you that there's so many other avenues that like the physical yoga is just like the doorway. It's the entrance. It's the beginning of 90% of this other avenue of breath and everything that you were talking about. And, and to me, that's just so interesting that the yoga, as we understand it, could just be, that's just the beginning. It's the third limb. 
of the eight limbs. And again, I don't want to just reference like just like the yoga Bible here, but there's a reason <laughs> why. It would be, you know, because like anything, I think it evolves and it has to adapt to a, to a society, right? This right, isn't of course. not the way to go. But to be fair, uh, yeah, it's just the physical practice is really to get the body limber, loose, and aligned. So you can get to a place where a energy is flowing freely through you and you can get into a place where you can sit still for meditation. But, you know, now it's for Instagram, uh, you know, uh, profile pictures, man. Like how, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. And yeah. I, listen, I'm, I'm guilty too. So I got some stuff like that too. <laughs> but it's kind of like it's anything. It's for a good cause. Yeah. The more you do it, it becomes a spiritual practice, not just a practical breathing. I feel better. Like you start to peel away the layers of the onion and dive super deep where some people... Um, you know, who've been doing it long enough can really take it to that next level spiritually, right? Yeah, 100%, And Yeah, it's like the physical gets you in the door, just like me. That's what brought me in. Yeah. The physical gets you in the door, and the mental aspect, the emotional aspect, the spiritual aspect is what will keep you coming back. Yeah. And I love that. And, of, uh, yeah. yeah. What were you going to say? Sorry. A lot of it, sometimes you just can't even explain it. Yeah. Right? It's just like, how do you feel? It's like, ah, I don't like, yeah, I don't know. Really, yeah. I'm not sitting here. I'm not trying to push any kind of dogma belief on you. I'm not saying believe in this God, believe in that, believe Shiva did that, whatever. Right. How do you feel? Yeah. You feel like you're, you like you can get in touch with your body a little bit more. Can you actually listen? Like when your gut is actually starting to tell you something now, because you've created this mind-body connect because you've cleared out some clutter. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like you're not just using this to make decisions, but you're starting to use this and this. You're starting to use your heart and your gut. Yeah. When you can get, when you can do that, man, it's like... Life gets better. Life is just better. It just starts to become, like I get into situations and my gut tells me something. It's like, yeah, I got to get out of here. Yeah. The super cool part of it is it's kind of like Elevate is it's non-denominational. Like you don't have to prescribe to a specific religion or um, God or anything. Like anybody could get benefits out of this and it's completely personal what comes through for them with the continued practice. Yeah, that's great. And I know obviously, you know, your listeners know all about you guys, but just... Um, so your your place elevate is it it's all in is it in-house so it's uh you know clients are coming in there for 30 days 60 days or whatever it is is that is that right yeah um, yeah and yeah. uh again like i said non-denominational you know you can come in with any spiritual uh belief that you want and uh it's we're here to help ev anybody and everybody without having to prescribe to any specific thing with that at least that's awesome, man. You guys are doing some, I mean, uh, whatever your God is, whatever you, right, you're doing, you're doing uh, his or her work for sure. That's, that's powerful work because there's a lot of people that are, they're just, you know, they're all, everybody, we're all, you know, most, not everybody I run, they're good people, man. They're just lost. Yeah. That's it. Just don't have certain tools. That's it. It's like, man, if you just knew this, you know, maybe things could be different. Who knows, you know? Yeah. 
<laughs> Thank you, Johnny. I love I love how sim- simply you put that. You know, like if you guys just have some more tools, things would be better. And it, the the sad part is it's true. You know, it's it's super true. And it's it's almost like to me the question that is like, what like with like the things we've been talking about today, it, it seems so like it's the answers are always very simple. You know. And it's more to me like what gets in the way of the simplicity, you know, and and it could almost be breathing. It could almost be the thinking, like the breathing and the thinking. If we could just get a handle on those two things, those two tools would would change your life and will change someone's life for the better. Ten times out of ten. Yeah, man, that's I think you nailed it. I think what's what's gotten us all in trouble is it's uh, it's either our biggest enemy or our, it can be, it can be our best friend is yes. this thinking mind, right? This prefrontal, this cortex and all that. It's just, uh, we just get stuck in it. Mm-hmm. A lot of us that that's we're stuck in it. And, uh, let's just find other ways to not be stuck in it, to use, you know, <laughs> our whole body, to make these decisions and not not just that yeah and i i love your approach too and mm-hmm. and i i love it because it relates to ours as well of doing crossfit doing 10 minutes of mindfulness for people that just got off drugs yesterday you know people are coming off drugs they got one week sober two weeks over months whatever it may be but in the day our, our goal is to just get out of your head, dude, for at least 10 minutes. And if we can start doing that, their life gets better. And it's hard to name what that is, but whether it's a process group or whether it was CrossFit or yoga or meditation in the morning, or maybe it was just at lunchtime, you know, you got to eat some fried chicken and just be happy for 10 minutes. And, and you see that that is enough for some people. It's like enough to keep going for tomorrow. And I just think that's so beautiful. And you were saying the same thing with, with your coaching. It's let's start small. Let's just breathe right yeah. now. And I love that method. I love that idea. Wow, yeah. Wow, that's powerful, man. That's powerful, yeah. I love that you guys are offering so many different like your you have a lot of different pillars, it seems like, and it's like it's not one size fits all. It's like maybe it's right. this, maybe it's that, maybe it's this. And chances are one of these is just going to trigger something in you. Yeah. Something where it gave you that little bit of a good feeling. It made you connect with somebody, you know, on a deeper level that you haven't um, made you think about. Oftentimes I tell people, it's like when I'm coaching them one-on-one, it's like, you know, we get so into patterns, right? Into habits of whatever it is that we do, go do something different, mm-hmm. anything, and just break a, break a pattern. Right? Yeah. Pattern interrupt. And that thing doesn't have to be the thing that you're going to do forever. But the fact that you broke a pattern, you tried something different, starts to open up a different neurological pathway. Just right. that. And, uh, you know, that in and of itself can be like the shift, right? The, the tipping point. So if yoga seems like it's weird for you, and it doesn't seem like if something is telling you like that's a little bit weird, like I run to the weird. Mm-hmm. No, it's like if that's weird, like I'm gonna go do that because I know on the other side, even though I might not 
maybe it's dance a tap class i don't know like who knows i'm not gonna go do that for the rest of my life maybe i will but <laughs> who knows <laughs> well you know what i mean like i might have met one person there that might have opened up and shed some um some layer of like this shield i had of like fear of judgment or whatever it is you know what i'm saying it's like Go try, go try everything, man, because you never, never know who you're going to meet or what it's going to open up for you. And I think that that's so often where people get stuck is, is the fear of other people's opinions. Right. Oh, 100%. Well, and, and, I, and, and they get stuck in a rut. You know, they have the routine. Okay, today I do this, yeah. I do that. And, and, and I love what you said because I've experienced that myself. Like you need to break up and do something different and it creates neuro pathways. Like go somewhere different on vacation than the, you know, like I love going to Hawaii. I want to go to Hawaii every year, but it's like yeah. go somewhere different. <laughs> and it just gives you like, a, it creates like a new spark in your brain and your body. And your, if you mix up your routine or you try things you've never tried or you do things you've never done or go places you've never been yeah and uh not to bring this back to the breath again i'm not like shameless, shamelessly plugging but hey be that uh, guy be the guy uh, that does that that's you brother <laughs> that's a good thing um uh, uh a teacher of mine who i'm actually have the good fortune of connecting with he's going to be doing a seminar at my studio in on august in august 22nd i'm i'm working on stream and actually having that stream live so Yes, you guys want to learn from me and take awesome. But when you get a chance to learn from a master, you, look, you go learn, you, you take a back seat and you allow the master to do his work. And so Dan Brule is going to be doing a, a seminar at my studio. And he's like, in my opinion, I think nobody's really learned. He's learned from all the masters back in the 70s and 80s. He's made it his life's work. Anyways, he has a saying where he says, "Is like if you're trying to change anything in your life and you haven't explored shifting your breathing, you're missing the fundamental foundation of change. So if you're looking to change anything, start first by shifting how you breathe. And it's a, it begins to open up the possibility for you to start to shift anything else. So yes, Go do other things too, but you can also just shift, change your breathing, and it's all of a sudden something happens within you. All of a sudden, it opens up. Uh, possible. This is why breathwork, like transformational breathwork, has become so popular and so powerful right now. Um, and it's you know because of that people are just like i don't know what's going on like they're coming out of sessions and they're crying and it's like i went through 10 years worth of therapy in a breathwork session what is that <laughs> right that? that's a bizarre testimony but it's or testimonial but it's true yeah. you know i think it's just a release yeah i think i think breathwork yoga mindfulness unfortunately has has had this like buzzwordy like culturey like feeling to it so mm -hmm. some people are like very like turned off to the idea of like you know and I, th I think the answer to me is that there's people on Instagram not like you that have been doing meditation for two and a half months and they're hopping on and telling the world about their their crazy realizations <laughs> and that they're like expert breathers now I yeah. think that's part of the problem but people like you are 
are so much more reassuring that the way you're saying it is so simple and so accurate and so true and logical and logical and it doesn't push people away we're trying to pull them in by just being very real about it and saying dude if you you want to enjoy life more i have a couple tools if you want them let me know if you don't that's okay yeah it's all good <laughs> and that approach lands so much better than hopping on instagram and being like you guys are breathing wrong. You guys suck. You need to get in the gym like I do. I, I hate that message so much. <laughs> yeah, it's all – yeah. Well, thank you. Of it's, course, uh, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like – that's intention. It's like what's your intention? And it's like – so if your intention is to – clearly that's somebody that hasn't done some inner work. And they just, right. They're just – for me, it's like, uh, you know, I don't – you're you know – I've, I've I've been through some tough times in my life, and I've uh, I've come out the other side. I've I've lived 100% of my worst days, um, so I'm at the point now. You know, I'm 41, and I wouldn't be talking to you guys right now when I if I was 31. I wouldn't be talking to you guys at 35. I wasn't ready yet. Uh, so now it's like, um, yeah. I can deliver that message from the right intention. Like I, I face yeah. my my stuff every day. People think meditation is this beautiful, serene, quiet place. Well, let me tell you something. You know, um, I sit in meditation every morning for let's say thirty minutes, forty five minutes, whatever it is. Sometimes ninety percent of that is is not very comfortable. I bet. No, it's an arena in there. <laughs> yeah, but I'm practicing letting that go. And as my meditation coach has said to me, you know, if, you, if you're having a meditation where it's like this dark stuff is coming up, whatever, it's, it's uncomfortable, you had a good sitting. Good. Yeah, good. Good. It's coming up to be let go. So let's let go of these ideas that yoga, meditation, this, that, the third, I can't sit because my mind doesn't turn off. Well, it's like, welcome to the human race. Mm -hmm. Your mind doesn't turn off. It's just about learning how to shift your relationship to all of it. Yeah. So true. And it's difficult to the audience, to myself, a reminder. It's so and difficult. That's why people don't do it. Yeah. But it's why we have a lot of the problems that we have. <laughs> so it's, it's a paradox. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I know it's not, it's not easy. I'm just, I'm, but it's important to know. It's like, you're not any different. Right. Exactly. Than, then even the advanced meditator, I promise you, he's sitting there quiet and he's going through it. Yeah, he's at war with himself. Yeah. Yeah, he's going well, think, through it. I think the yeah. coolest part about meditation, yoga, breathing is you just can take it with you wherever you go. If you're in a moment of crisis, if you get some bad news, if uh, even you're having a good day, you can, once you've really developed that practice or the habit, um, you can always use and access it. It's not like, oh shoot, I forgot that at home. Damn it. It's like, it's always with you and you just have to remember to learn and access it and you'll forever have like, I don't want to call it a crutch, but you'll have that tool with you at all times. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I'm all about that, man. I'm all about like, you know uh less tool less tan physical tangible tools i don't gotta buy this for 200 bucks on amazon i don't have to have you know right. membership here or whatever you know whatever it is um i want to be able to provide people tools and have the tools that it's like you have these forever 
Yeah. They're always there. You want to reference me for sure. You want community. Yeah. Like we all want that. Like that's important. But um, yeah, you're hundred percent right. And yeah, it's like, it's always there. It's always there, but it all, it takes consistency. You know, it's not like you learn it once and you're good to go. It's like, and I think that's where people give up is like before they get to that point where it is a habit or it is the go-to or it is uh, part of their routine. People just don't have the capacity or, or, or will to, to keep it going be, before yeah. it becomes part of their life. Yeah. As the saying goes, repetition is the mother of skill. Yeah. It's like you want to build a skill set. You just got to do it a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's no shortcut. Yeah. You know? yeah, it's, it's, it's always simple. Yeah, answer... Whether it's raining, whether it's sunny, whether it's a good day, a bad day, whether you're out of town, you're in town, you just got to get that consistency in. Yeah, so it becomes it part of who you are and what you're doing. Yeah. Even like today, it's, I think it's always better to have uh, small amounts more consistently and steady than larger amounts uh, you know like all right i didn't meditate let's just say i didn't meditate yesterday so now i'm going to meditate double the next day like that doesn't that doesn't translate right. like this morning for me i got up late for whatever reason i only had time to sit i did my breath work and i sat in meditation 10 minutes which is normally you know it takes me whatever half hour to an hour but that 10 minutes was enough to shift. I got out of I got out of my the dream I had last night, which shook me up, and you know it shifted my state enough where it's like, all right, you're here, you're okay. That didn't happen, I don't think. And you know, I don't think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that was was that another realm, whatever. So, but it was enough for me to like create that barrier. It's like okay, boom. So a little bit every day is better than a lot of it few days so true so yeah. true that's yeah that's a uh you ever read the book atomic habits by james clear atomic habits yeah atomic habits by james clear great no, book but like, that's basically the basis of of all of his his work it's like building skills and tools and habits and routines and and starting small he said he started working out by doing a Every time he, he went to the bathroom, number one or number two, if he went number one, he'd do 10 push-ups, And if he went number two, he'd do 10 air squats. And so he said, even to this day, it's been 20 years, he, he, he called it habit stacking, where you stack one habit on top of the other one. Like start doing something new with something you're already doing. And that was like how he got into being this elite fitness guy is just like, you know what? Every time I pee, I'm going to do 10 push-ups <laughs> and just start doing it every day. And he's been doing it for 20 years. He's like, I still do. I'll be in the airport bathroom and i am got to do 10 air squats, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just sounds so That's gross true. to do it in a bathroom, especially a public bathroom. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> That's brilliant, though. I love So no matter what, he's, he's doing at least like 30 push-ups a day or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah, I love that's brilliant. I love that. Yeah. Right? I, me too. I'm like, okay. But I remember I'm like, dude, push-ups on the bathroom floor. Like, yeah, that's that's, a... <laughs> like, that's dedication, you know? Yeah, that says a lot about his uh, his mindset for sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Chest to the ground too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. So Johnny, as we're kind of wrapping up here, man, like, what is 
I mean, A, what is next for you, but where do you want this to go? Like, what's the vision? What's the dream? Have you already achieved it? Where, what does that look like for you, my friend? Hmm, great question. Uh, no, I don't, I don't believe I've, I've achieved. I, I believe like I'm just beginning. I'm right. just beginning um, sharing all of these modalities. My, my, my vision is to, is to raise up the consciousness and to, and to awaken uh, every individual that I connect with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in doing so, and like the men's group that, I, that I'm building, I want to build that group. So it's, so it's, a, it's a larger, it's a movement that is, um, that is going to occur. You know, it's not just it's from men all over the world and slowly begin to build these, uh, these connections and these, these tribes where of, of, of not only men, I have other ideas as well for, for everybody. Uh, but it's to raise up consciousness in every individual. It's to start to awaken the, you know, the spirit within everybody. So for myself, it's, yeah, it's really to, to do that within my business. Um, uh, courses are going to be coming out left and right. And my outreach, uh, I hope to be, you know, by this time next year, it's you know I hope it I hope to be worldwide. I hope I hope my message spreads much further. I'm not I don't plan on stopping um, until I can reach as many people as I can. And it's not about the money; it's just about um, you know it's it's about this. It's about this. I want everybody to just live, find their superpowers within, man. Live to live their lives as, as best they can because I know I've been there on that side where I've been kind of looked upon as, uh, you know, yeah, you did this, so now you're you're not part of our, our our community. And deep down, I'm like, I just made one mistake, man. You know, I made a couple mistakes. Uh, there's a lot more in me, and I'll never want anybody to to have to go through that. That's not, you know that's not what it is to be human, you know? So that's my mission is to raise up consciousness and and make sure that everybody's connecting with each other and has modalities that have been kind of maybe stigmatized for a long time and it's time to let them all out. I love that. And that's why uh, you and I get along so good. I mean, that's our purpose too, is to take the stigma off drug addiction and uh, and, you know, alcoholism and, and the labeling always an addict and that kind of stuff. Like, let's let's rise above that and become amazing people that we always were and just didn't know it or got lost along the way. Oh, yeah. 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 I've been working, you know, some of the best conversations I ever have. I love talking to people that have been through it, man, that have been through the heat. Yeah. You know, I... I I want to hear their story. Like I want those people who I want them to come out the other side because they're the ones that people are going to connect with. Yeah. They've been through the heat. They know what it's like to be downtrodden. This type of third, that person can be a voice. I'll, I'll follow that person any day of the week, as opposed to the one that was sitting in a classroom all day long and just learned from a book. And then mm-hmm. this is how it's <laughs> well said. Mm-hmm. Well said. You know yeah awesome well thank you for coming on our show we appreciated the talk i think you gave us some uh, good takeaways as well as um information like dal had never heard before i hadn't heard before before i talked to you that i think our listeners would really enjoy getting some 
backstory and understanding of how powerful just the breath can be. I appreciate the opportunity. So thank you, Angie, for, you know, for connecting and for allowing me to, to, to have this space. I, I know I talked way more than, than you guys did and uh, you guys held the space for me. So thank you for- You're our guest though, that's the point. You're yeah. the guest, they're not here to hear us. They're yeah. here to hear you. You're the hero in this story, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, All I'll good. take it. Yeah, I'll hold the crown, I'll hold the crown for this, uh, for this session. <laughs> hey, you, you wore it well, my friend. <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. Well, thank you very much. And um, I, I look forward to continue to connect with you guys because I feel like we have a very similar uh, similar values, mission, and, um, and and vision. So let's uh, let's continue to, to level up and, and coordinate together. I'd love, to, I'd love to see that grow and flourish. Awesome. Definitely. Looking yeah. forward so, to it. Likewise, man. We'll, uh, I'll follow you on Instagram and I'll put all your – all your links and everything like that in the show notes so the audience and myself included can find you and connect and, and keep it going thank you man thank of you course. very much all right. yeah have a you. great day <laughs> you too guys all, all right, right johnny all right guys take thank care you. my man yeah man you too all right guys that's our show for today we hope you found some value from listening and if you did please share with someone you know or love you can find us on social media we are at Elevate Addiction Services. And if you or a loved one are struggling with addiction, please call our toll-free confidential 24-hour helpline at 833-33-SOBER or visit our website at elevaterehab.org.